This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alex Ty, And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 7th of June. In your Squiz today, interest rates hit an 11-year high. Folbig speaks after her prison release. More Republicans enter the presidential race. And Apple's computer for your face. This is your Squiz today. Claire, the Reserve Bank is at it again. The official cash rate went up again yesterday by a quarter of a percent from 385 to 4.1%. It is the 12th rate rise since April last year. Yeah, and the last time that rates were that high was back in 2012 when Call Me Maybe by Carly Rae Jepsen was top of the charts. So I'm very sorry if I've just put that in your head for the rest of the day. (laughs) (laughs) And this rate rise was actually a bit of a surprise to some economists. There was a survey by Bloomberg uh, of a lot of economists in Australia and two-thirds actually expected rates to stay unchanged changed. And that's not all, Claire. The Reserve Bank has actually said that more rate rises may be required. Okay, but let's unpack what is behind this latest hike, our persistent inflation, recent wages growth and stalled productivity. Yeah, so these interest rate rises are all about bringing inflation down. If inflation stays high, it's really bad because it makes it hard for us to maintain our quality of life here in Australia. So the Reserve's Bank target for that is to have inflation at 2 to 3%. And last week we learned that in the 12 months to April, inflation was at 6.8%, which is way higher than anyone wants. Mm. It's also staying way higher than anyone wants. It's not coming down despite all of those interest rate hikes that we've already had. So Philip Lowe, who's the governor of the Reserve Bank, said yesterday that the decision is to try and speed up that process of bringing inflation down. And he said that depending on how the economy goes, there could be more interest rate rises on the way. We're expected to hear more about Lowe's and the Reserve Bank's thinking when he gives a speech in Sydney this morning. And at 11.30am, we're also going to get the latest stats on our economic growth. Claire, on Tuesday, you and Alice talked about the release of Kathleen Folbig, the woman who was pardoned after spending 20 years in prison over the sudden deaths of her four children. Yesterday, Folbig released a video thanking her supporters. Yeah, she did. It was a short video. Uh, She said that she's extremely humbled and extremely grateful for being pardoned and released. And she said that it was a victory for science, especially the truth. Uh, She ended by remembering her children and she said that she'll always miss and grieve for them. Uh, We also heard yesterday from Folbig's best friend, Tracy Chapman. Folbig is staying at her place in New South Wales, Northern Rivers region. Uh, Chapman said that Folbig is just happy to be out and that she has no hate in her heart. Uh, She also said that after 20 years behind bars, there's been lots of advances in technology and Folbig's pretty bad bamboozled by it all. (laughs) You would be, wouldn't you, after 20 years? Yeah. At the same time, Folbig's lawyers are using this attention to advocate for criminal justice reforms, including a better process for post-conviction appeals when new evidence emerges. 
There seems to be some movement in the Russia-Ukraine conflict after months of speculation about Ukraine's spring counteroffensive to repel the invading Russian forces from their territory. US officials are speculating that an escalation of fighting means that the counteroffensive has actually begun. Yeah, we've been talking about whether the counteroffensive is on or about to start or mm. when will it start for quite some weeks. But the big news out of the fighting uh, in the last couple of days is that there was a dam in Ukrainian territory that's been destroyed. It led to some pretty incredible images of big amounts of water flowing downstream. There were locals in that area that were urged to evacuate from their homes because the water levels were really rising. And it's also raised concerns that that loss of water will affect Ukraine's ability to keep the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant cool. So no one has claimed responsibility for that dam's destruction. Both Russia and Ukraine are blaming each other. I'm sure we'll find out more in the coming days. Meanwhile, Australia has agreed to give Ukraine some of our Hawkeye armoured vehicles, which is something they've been asking for for months. The US presidential race is warming up. Specifically, we're talking about the race amongst Republicans to get their party's nomination for president, which has really just become a competition to see if any challenger can unseat Donald Trump. And this week, Claire, we have two new challengers. Yeah, and they are very much focused on really taking Donald Trump on. Uh, the mm. first is Trump's former Vice President Mike Pence, who's expected to officially announce today that he's running against his former boss. He's filed the paperwork and mm. what the pundits say is that Pence is interested because he was unfailingly loyal to Trump while in office, really right up to those January 6th riots. And that saw Trump put a lot of pressure on Pence to try and overturn the rightful election results. It really was quite a flashpoint during that period and Trump supporters actually chanted when they went into the Capitol, hang Mike Pence. So that's a bit of history coming back. Uh, also, there's another new challenger who's expected to put his hand up this week and that's Chris Christie. He was the governor of New Jersey and it's said that he's joining the race to try and discredit Trump and to ensure that he doesn't get a second crack office. Can't wait to see how this all unfolds. Those two join Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, and Senator Tim Scott in what is quickly becoming quite a crowded Republican field. A quick message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic Dam Copper Mine. It's happening now at BHP. Apple doesn't just want you to have a computer on your desk or in your pocket or even on your wrist. The megatech company has now announced a computer 
for your face with their new Vision Pro augmented reality headset. Yeah, so just to start at the beginning, augmented reality is when you project apps and images onto the physical world by looking through these sorts of goggles or these glasses, which, by the way, aren't exactly sleek. They sort of look a bit like ski goggles. (laughs) Um, They're not cheap either, Um, US $3,499 a pair. Mm. So they might not become really quite as pervasive as the iPhone overnight, uh, but they're really important thing about the launch is that it's Apple's way of planting a flag in the ground and saying that they think that this is where computing is going in the future, namely into products that blend the physical world and the digital one. That price tag, though, is just so expensive. Mm. And what a lot of tech journalists are saying is that as impressive as the tech behind the Vision Pro headset is, Apple will really be relying on third-party app developers to create apps and software that justify the existence of the headset, which it might look and feel great, but it doesn't yet have an obvious use. Yeah, watch this space. Mm. Claire, this was a fascinating story. In Finland, a man was fined $195,000 for a speeding ticket. Yeah, and look, it wasn't that he was going a million miles an hour to (laughs) justify that big fine. Uh, The reason why the fine is so big is that Finland has a system where it ties the value of its fines to a person's income. And the driver of this vehicle happened to own a company that was worth more than $10 million. He wasn't going a zillion miles an hour. He was going 82 kilometres in a 50 zone. And he said that he really regrets the matter. Squiz the day, it is Global Running Day, and I reckon I will go for a run after this. Well, aren't you a smarty pants and very virtuous, <laughs> so good luck to you. Um, we've also got a couple of speeches today, of course, mentioned that Reserve Bank Governor Philip Lowe is speaking in Sydney this morning. Uh, Annika Wells, who is the Federal Minister for Aged Care and Sport, is giving an address to the National Press Club. That's at 12.30 today. Thank you so much for listening. And please, if you haven't already, you should join the thousands of squizzers giving the show a five-star review. Thanks, and we'll be back again tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.